Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness and of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceful, gentle, willing to yield full mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Amen. That was Pastor Marshall. And man, what a blessing uh, to hear him read God's Word. Uh, I'm back. <laughs> uh, I, I just do embarrassing things so you can feel more comfortable that way. You, nothing you can do to be more embarrassed. But uh, no, we're, I'm so glad that you could be here. We are in James uh, chapter 3 in this, this text, this passage. This, this book of James, it's gotten a lot heavier as I've been studying it more and more. Uh, it's just a, a book that really hits us where we live. In fact, that's kind of the theme of all of James is, is living out or doing uh, what God has made us to be and to do. It's not about just knowing it, it's about doing it. And that's why we call the series Practicing Christ or Practicing Jesus in an Opposing World because our world is opposed to the teachings, the principles of the Scripture. And by the world, we just mean the worldly, uh, or, or the, the way the world thinks, the way the world operates. Um, we, we live in a nation, this week we'll be celebrating our birthday as a nation, and we live in a nation that was, was founded on Judeo-Christian principles, as found in the, in the Word of God. Uh, it, 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 we wouldn't say it was inspired, like the Bible's inspired, but uh, certainly they attempted to form a new government, that would echo the principles of the Word of God. And as, as Brother Pete said earlier today, man, everybody out there has gone nuts. I mean, they are just crazy. He didn't use that word. That's my word. But everybody seems to be insane. I got an email yesterday letting me know that the governor of our great Commonwealth of Virginia has set up a, a tattletale uh, reporting thing on the web. So if you see somebody not wearing their mask where they're supposed to, or not doing something the way they're supposed to, you can report them, an organization. You say, yeah, so what? Well, here's what, so what? Uh, that means that if we preach, now the Supreme Court has made an immoral lifestyle a choice and a protected class, if I say anything about that, as I will today, later on, then we can be reported on in this state. You've got to use wisdom in the voting booth. You've got to use wisdom in all of your dealings. Because wisdom is the practical application of knowledge. You, you can be ignorant, that's different than being learned. But you could be learned and still be a fool instead of wise. And people say, well, Jesus said don't call anybody a fool. The Bible says you're a fool. And I'm just saying what the Bible says. Personally, I am a fool. I know I'm a fool, but I want to be a fool for Christ. Amen? So that's where I, I'm coming from. I'm, I'm not singling anybody out. If you'd like to be singled out, just raise your hand. I'll say, there's one. I know, but I'm kidding. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. But there is a difference. I mean, 
Bill Gates invited, he wanted to bless a, 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 a child, a, a Boy Scout, an eagle winner. He wanted to bless a, a, a pastor, and he put him on their, his plane, and they went flying, going to a vacation spot across the country. And uh, Bill Gates said, man, I just want to do this, you know, being the smartest man in the world. I'm the richest man in the world, and I wanted to help you out. And after they got up to altitude and about halfway through the trip, the pilot walked out wearing a parachute, and he said, the engines are failing. This plane's going to crash. There's two parachutes left. Y'all can fight over it. And out the door he went. And so Bill Gates said, I'm too important to the world. I'm too smart to die. And he grabbed a parachute, put it on, jumped out. And the pastor looked at the young man and said, son, I'm old. I've lived my life. I know Jesus. I'll survive. You take the last parachute and jump. He said, no, man, it's okay. The smartest man in the world just jumped out with my backpack. So <laughs> sometimes knowledge won't get you where you need to be, but the Bible says we need to have wisdom. Wisdom is how we act, not what we say. Every time I read anything on Facebook, I feel dumber than I was before. Everybody wants to give their opinion. Everybody wants to speak. And just this morning, as I was reading in the book of Job, yeah, that was my quiet time this morning, it says in verse 5, Oh, that you would keep, this is Job talking to his friends, Oh, that you would keep silent. It would be your wisdom. <laughs> in other words, some people would be smarter if they just quit talking so much, wouldn't they? Uh, over in Proverbs, there's verses, and notice, as, as I look at these verses, what the verses are saying, they're not talking about what we know, they're talking about what we do. In Proverbs 10, 19, uh, the Bible says uh, this, when words are many, transgression is not lacking. So if I'm talking, eventually I'm going to mess up. That's what it's saying. I, I quoted this verse last week or said it was in here. Y'all thought I made it up, but I didn't. Whoever restrains his lips is prudent. He's smart. He's wise. If you hold back an action of talking, that might be the smart thing to do. Now, I know this from personal experience because I like to argue. I like to fight. But what I learned is that that's kind of foolish. And also in Proverbs in chapter 17, I, I've I got a lot of extra scriptures. I want to give these to you today. I encourage you to look up the word wisdom. It's almost 400 references. I think it was 381 references to wise or wisdom in the Bible. And I picked out a few. In Proverbs 17, 28, it says, Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he's deemed intelligent. So if you want to look smart, just don't say anything, okay? Uh, somebody perverted that into, uh, it's better to be silent and thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt, right? So uh, we, we don't want to do that. Romans 1, here's, here's a, a great, Romans is a great book. Maybe we ought to preach through that, but that'll take about five years, but we, we might ought to do that. Um, and, and in here, there's a verse, and we'll read it, uh, professing themselves to be wise, they became, became fools. And I get this question all the time about the, the, the good person on the mythical island that never heard the gospel, will they go to heaven or hell? Well, that person does not exist. Because of Romans 1, here's what it says. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their righteousness suppress, unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. 
For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they, those that are alive, are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. There was a music group in the 70s, a Christian music group, said you can uh, go to your college, you can go to your schools, but if you don't have Jesus, you're just an educated fool. And exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. God gave them up to the, in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since God did not see fit, or since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do whatever uh, ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, uh, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, Foolish, faithful, heartless, ruthless, though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. And again, I reference last week's Supreme Court decision. Foolishness to make sin legal. You say, that's mighty bold talk for a skinny redhead. Well, it is if I were the one saying it, but I'm not. That's God saying it. In 1 Corinthians, in chapter 1, listen to this. For the word of the, word of the cross, oh, I'm going to begin verse 17. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For the word of the cross is folly or foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made the foolish the, uh, the foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs, and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. And so we come to James in chapter 3, and there's more there in, in Corinthians. I could preach about five hours on this topic. But I, here's what I want you to take home with you today. Your conduct reveals your wisdom. 
How you act will reveal what kind of wisdom you're living in. There is a so-called wisdom that is not from God, and that is when, when people act in accordance to how they, they think and their worldview and how their minds are arranged. Uh, I mentioned uh, a particular sin earlier on. And let me just say that God did not call any Christian to be angry, mean, or hateful to any person caught in sin. Any of any of them. We are called to love them and to, uh, and to show them the truth of the Word of God and help them to understand that all of us, all of us, all of us are hopeless without Christ. We are hopeless fools. And we need Jesus to come in and make us a brand new creation to radically change who we are. As one wise man said to me, that you need a new man in the same skin. We, God does that for us. We still look the same on the outside, but man, he makes us brand new on the inside. And so we are called to love people and to bring them to know Christ, even those who hate us, even those who would destroy us. That's what Jesus said. It sounds foolish to the world to be friends to your enemy, to love your enemy, to, to take a blow on one side of the face and say, well, if you like hitting me, you can hit me on the other side. That sounds crazy, right? But that's the gospel, that we are called to peace, to love people, and to give them the truth. But in the middle of that, in James 3, says to us, we ought to be wise. And there in those first verses that were read, beginning in verse 13, the one that is wise and understanding, by his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Notice that, that if you have wisdom, you will show that in your works. And in those works, you will be meek. Now, meek is not weak, okay? People, when they hear that word, they think of weakness. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is teachability, okay? Sorry, I just have to keep it wet. Meekness is a teachability. In other words, it's saying, I may know something, but I don't know everything. And what I do know, I may be wrong about. I need to always be looking. And... You say, well, how do we know truth? This is why we say and believe and trust the Word of God. Because whatever a man figures out may or may not be right. But what God said is right. So godly wisdom is based on this Word. And when, unless you are an expert from Genesis 1 to the end of Revelation 22, then you don't have all of the wisdom you need yet. Okay, And, and nobody's ever achieved that, by the way. I'm just saying there's more here in this book than any of us can get a hold of in one lifetime. We never come to the end of learning. We never come to the end of God's correction in our life. We never come to the end of the place where we need to know what God is saying to us. And so wisdom it realizes I'm not the perfect one God is. You know, the Bible in five words is I'm God and you're not, right? And so we don't know everything, but God does, and we need to be teachable in our wisdom, and then what we do know, we ought to do it with all our might, right? The Bible says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Do what God has called you to do that you know he's called you to do. You know he's called you to love people. You know he's called you to tell people about himself. There are a lot of other things you know he's told you to do, and so we ought to be doing that, and that is real wisdom. Last week, we were looking at those who ought not to teach and those who ought to teach. Here, this is the picture of those who ought to teach. The one who acts in wisdom and is meek and teachable. The teacher is always the biggest learner. You, you think the teacher is the expert. The teacher is the one that realizes he's not an expert. He or she is not an expert. And they are still learning. I guarantee you, 
they are learning every time they teach. If they teach the same subject and the same thing every day, every day they need to learn more about that subject. You never come to that end. And so wisdom is knowing what you do know and realizing there's a lot you don't know and being willing to learn and acting on what you know to be the will of God. That's a very long, drawn-out definition of wisdom. I have a shorter one, except knowing what is right and doing the right thing is, is wisdom. And so then James goes on to describe a wisdom of the world, and there are a lot of elements in it. And for the worldly wisdom and spiritual wisdom, or godly wisdom, I broke it down into action, source, and result. Here is the actions of worldly wisdom. Listen to it. Verse 14, bitter jealousy. Bitter jealousy. That is a, the word bitter is more than bitter, it's like evil. And by the way, we talked about the craziness of the world. That is not by accident. There is a designer of that, his name is Satan. We're not fighting flesh and blood, we're fighting a spiritual battle. That's why we have to pray even more. But here he says, if you have bitter jealousy, that is, that jealousy, your, if your version may say something different, it is desiring something that you don't possess and you are angry that someone else already has it. It's wanting what God didn't give you because he gave it to someone else. You see, we live in a time today where you can put anything on a credit card, right? I mean, most of us now do our shopping with, with some form of plastic. Most of us do it online. We, we don't... We, we sometimes don't keep account of our money. Like the one person said years ago, I can't be out of money. I have checks left. You know, the numbers aren't worn off of my card. What do you mean I've hit my limit? They, you know, people just are not taking account and, and being wise where they're spending. There is a wise way to use a card, but using it willy-nilly is not it. And, and a bitter jealousy. And, and so people used to have to wait on God to supply their needs. See, we've forgotten God because we don't have to pray for daily bread so much anymore. Sometimes it just gets delivered to our house. And yet, in the old days, people had to pray and ask God to make their provisions for every day, especially in Jesus' day. And so bitter jealousy is when you don't have something that you think you deserve. You ought to have that. You know, that's not for us to decide. That's up to God to decide. And God is the giver of all good things. And by the way, what you have is the good thing from God that he wants you to have. Because it's either teaching you a lesson or it's blessing your life. And if you learn the lesson, if it seems troublesome to you, it may just go away if you just learn the lesson. Unless your name is Paul, God said, no, you're going to keep that one because my grace is sufficient for you. I'm going to give you more grace that you can endure the difficulty. See, God will either remove the difficulty or give you more grace to handle it. But you've got to acknowledge God that, hey, God, thank you for this trouble. <laughs> Wait, you're crazy. Yeah, I know, but that's wise according to the word. It's crazy according to the world, but it's wise according to the word. You know what's really crazy? That Christians give away 10% of their income, just here, you can have it. That's nuts to the world. I used to wonder, how come somebody living in a trailer and got one of them big, sparkly bass boats? I mean, those things cost more than the trailer. And then I realized they don't give 10% to God. They're spending it on themselves. That's worldly wisdom, right? They, I mean, I'm always 10% poorer than the money I make, at least. So 
bitter jealousy. And people act on their jealousy. And it creates immorality. It creates, it creates money problems. It creates marital problems. It creates all kinds of problems. Selfish ambition. That is that your ambition is to succeed, but for yourself. You're trying to do something out of a selfish motive. And I, I used to say this all the time, I've said this a long time, but it's time to resurrect it. You cannot act unselfishly. There's no human being who does that. If I am kind to you, very likely you will be kind in return. That can be a selfish motivation, right? If you are good to your spouse, chances are they'll be good back. Now, I know there's exceptions to everything I'm saying, but in general, this works. And so even sometimes our motivation is, well, I'm just going to give what they want, so I'll be at peace. Well, that's, that's a selfish motivation. And that's why the preacher said, when I repent, I must repent of my repentance. Because everything we do, when, even when we repent before God, sometimes we just want to get out of trouble. That's a selfish motivation rather than saying, you're right, I was wrong, and living with the consequences. And so bitter jealousy, selfish ambition, it's boastful. He says uh, uh, that... Uh, in your hearts, you should not boast, but you do. You're boastful about what you've accomplished, what you've done. It, it, you can boast about boasting. I mean, you can boast about what God has done in your life. And that's why he goes on from boasting to say, and you don't represent the truth. You, have, you are false about the truth. Listen, here's the reality. I know you've, you've worked hard, you've earned your keep, all of that stuff. That's a, that is a Christian principle that we ought to work for what we, what we earn and what we get. God blesses us that way. He gives us the breath and the strength to work, the mind, everything that we need to do that work. But the reality is God owns it all. And the portion of it that you've been able to obtain in this short lifespan is a gift from God. And I already know how much money each one of you are going to leave when you die. All of it. No matter if it's a gazillion dollars or it's two cents, you're going to leave it all. And God, and then in the next moment, you will answer to God for how you used what he gave you. And so, you shouldn't boast and you shouldn't lie about the truth. If God's blessed you, say, God has blessed me. You say, somebody says, I've worked hard for this. God didn't have anything to do with it. Well, let's see God cut off your air for five minutes, see how much boasting you can do then, right? The source of that, notice, he says, this wisdom does not come down from above. It is earthly. It's the way people in the world think. The philosophy of the world is get all you can, can all you get, sit on the lid, poison the rest, right? God bless me and my wife, my son John, his wife, us four, no more. That's, that's the world's way of thinking. And and so, it, this kind of wisdom is worldly. Notice, uh, and this is verse 15, it is unspiritual. That is, you're not, you don't even have God in your mind. You're not even thinking about, does this feed my soul? Does this feed someone else's soul? Or is it just that I can have a temporary worldly pleasure? And by temporary, I don't mean five seconds, I don't mean two minutes, I mean 80 years. Because the Bible says 80 years, is, you're lucky there, and past that, man, that's a super blessing. Before that, that's pretty normal. And then it's all over with, and the next thing you do is give an account for what you did in whatever time God gave you. And so it is unspiritual when you don't keep that consideration the forefront in your mind. 
And then, this last word is really something. It's demonic. Think about that. I mean, if this were the book of Psalm, I think they'd put the word Selah right there. Stop and think about what I just said. Because what God is telling us is when we try to gain for ourselves, when we have this jealousy, when we are jealous of other, and this happens inside the church, when we're jealous, when we have bitter ambition. They want to be king of the world. Listen, if I want to be king of something, it's not going to be the king's church. This is God's church. This is Christ's church. This is, we are his bride. and it, it, I don't want to be king of this. He is the king. Amen? And to think otherwise is demonic. Demonic. It means motivated and moved and empowered by demon powers. And when we live a life for ourselves, we're living a demonic life. And again, reference back to Ephesians, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness, against unseen powers. Well, what is the result? The result is, verse eight, uh, 16, where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. People, it just it goes to disorder quickly, and there's vile practice. See, there's order in what God commands. There's disorder when you live only for yourself because you don't consider anybody else around you, and, 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 and that foolishness is going to create disorder. But what about godly wisdom? Let's go to the positive. I've been pretty negative so far. Let's see what God says about that. Verse 17, the wisdom from above is pure. Whew, man, I just feel better saying that word. It's pure. Man, it, th there's no blemish in it. There's nothing wrong with it. There's no ad added ingredients that will hurt you. When I first became a diabetic, my mom would read every label and everything she bought because she didn't want to give me any. I was seven. They, what they knew about diabetes then compared to today is crazy. That was 50 three, almost 54 years ago now. Um, it's a pretty amazing thing. And, and my mom was fond of telling the story that she read so many labels. We were in the, in the Edwards Five and Dime store, and there was a little toy, a little top. It just came out. Some of y'all might remember. It was kind of round. And it had a little uh, rubber-type uh, pointy ball on the end, and you could get that thing spinning real fast, and it set it down, and it'd spin. I forgot what they called them. And I said, Mom, I really want one of those. You know, I'm a little kid. She picked it up and started reading the label. <laughs> and then laughed at herself. We need to read some labels because in our life there's some ingredients that only are going to poison us. Thank you. God just gave me that in the moment. Thank you, Mr. Pierce. I appreciate that. There are just some things that are going to hurt us. And so godly wisdom, it's pure. It's, it's, God's word will never lead you to error. It will never lead you to, to evil. It is peaceable. Relax. Again, I, I refer to Facebook, man. Everybody wants to say what they believe. I don't care what you believe, but we're going to argue about it. And again, I, I used to be the king of doing that. It is gentle. And remember, gentle, again, is not weak. There's nothing about Christianity that's weak, okay? Gentleness is power under control. It is, it is a fearsome, awesome God who controls his judgment by pouring it out on himself, on Jesus on a cross. So that we can go free. It is reasonable. But it's God's reasoning. But it's reasonable. It makes sense once you get a hold of it. It is merciful. It grants mercy to the sinner. It grants mercy to those who offend you and, and are against you. 
It produces good fruit. It is impartial. It treats the rich man and the poor man exactly the same. Because it is God's wisdom, it applies to every person. And it is sincere. It is well-meaning. It is not out to hurt you. Where is the source? What kind of wisdom is that? This wisdom is from above. We can't get to their thinking. We will never reason ourselves to this position. This has to be a revelation from God, and not only a revelation, because in the Old Testament they had the revelation, but they didn't have the power. In the New Testament, when Jesus died and went on the cross, and he died for our sin, and on the third day he rose again, he hung out for 30 or 40 days, and then came Pentecost after 50 days, and on that day when the Spirit came, power came into the church. So that the believer has power to have godly wisdom. And so Romans 12, 1 and 2, don't be conformed to this world. Don't, don't be molded in their way of, be, of thinking, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the washing of the Word of God. So that you'll think like God thinks and not like man thinks. It is from above and it is godly. The wisdom from above is godly. That means God-like, okay? That is godly. So what is the result? Look at that last verse. You get a harvest of righteousness. Woo, praise the Lord. Because the Bible says in the Old Testament that the best I can do looks like filthy rags in God's sight. The best righteousness I can produce out of my own strength is dirty and nasty and yucky to God. Man, our barn just burned and, and we've had to wash off a bunch of stuff and it stinks and it's black and it's dirty and oh, it's just nastiness we found. That's what our righteousness looks like to God. But when it's his righteousness, it's pleasing to him. It's what he wanted. It's his righteousness through us. And notice this. It is sown in peace. Here, I want to give you a gift that God wants you to have. It is the gift of salvation in Christ. And guess what? When you do that with someone else, you make peace. Because now they can be at peace with God, and now they can be at peace with their fellow man. Because no longer do I answer to men, I answer to God. We do answer to men, I understand that. But ultimately, our, everybody's judgment is before God. And if I'm right with God, brother, I can be right with you. But that's got to come first. And so that is our wisdom as it's demonstrated in God. Well, what can you do about all this? First, daily, 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 seek wisdom from God's Word. Every day you need to be in here. What is God saying to you today? If you don't have a plan, there's a million of them out there. They're available. I used to hate it when preachers said that because I have trouble finding stuff like that. But that was before the internet. You can get version. You can pick a Bible plan. You can read the Bible through in a year. Every year we pick a different one to just read a little differently. Read it every day through a Bible plan that we just download on, uh, on an on a app on our phone. But listen, I got a paper copy. I'm a kind of a paper guy. I got to read it. You need to be in God's Word somewhere every day. Then you need to evaluate your life for jealousy and selfish ambition, which shows an earthly wisdom. It just shows an earthly wisdom. When you, when you have this jealous desire for what other people have, when you have this selfishness, this selfish ambition, that you're striving to be the king of the world, or whatever world you live in. Relax, let Jesus be the king, and he'll take care of the rest. Thirdly, name the fruit, and this is just for your private exercise, name the fruit of the proof of godly wisdom in your life. Write down, where am I showing godly wisdom? Because remember, it's an action. It's something 
that you do. And it's seen in meekness and in godly knowledge and wisdom.